0: Welcome to the Robot
1: Love Podcast. Hello, everybody. It's Brian Mateo Venegas, and this is Robot Love. This is part three at 5280s. I feel like I almost work here. (laughs) We've had three shows so far. This is actually part two of our 80s review. The last one, we reviewed, I think, four or five 80s movies.
0: Yes. And
1: we had a lot of fun. Yeah. We were right on at one hour now thankfully we have a little bit more time please let me introduce you guys Tony Vecchio say hello hey how's it going out there Dee, Dee Thompson hi there great so let's just jump right into this um, folks you know why I do repeat episodes with uh, people that I really like because it's my podcast and I'm gonna <laughs> keep doing it <laughs> so I'm going to jump in. You guys provided me with a list of 1980s series. And I know you gave me a list about, uh, I don't know, maybe 10. Yeah. There was one that I really wanted to do but would have probably taken a long time, had a lot of research and a lot of pictures and, (coughs) pardon me, descriptions, and that was Battle of the Network Stars. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anyone one year, two years younger than us don't remember it. So in honor of that, I'm just going to give a, a quick synopsis of it. In the 19, late 1970s, early 1980s, the networks were competing way before cable and Netflix. So there were three networks, ABC, CBS, and NBC. And they all had their feature shows. So their stars would actually compete in Olympic-style competitions. Stay with me, because this is amazing. Yeah. So you would have people like uh, Mr. Kaplan from... Um, welcome back kata you'd have epstein and then you'd have like robert conrad from <laughs> the true. wild wild yeah, west remember true. and he that always had this course. attitude yes like you know just he was so competitive um you'd have uh i don't think that they had they had scott bio bail sorry mm-hmm. they had uh who else do you remember being on that
2: you know they had a a i know they made a big deal about the two heathers being on there heather locklear and heather thomas that's uh, correct at the same time um of course uh farrah fawcett was on there um yes uh you know uh wonder woman uh you know she was on there yeah linda carter there were so many uh people on there and and I gotta tell you, for me, that was one of my favorites going up because like you said, I mean, there were only three networks. There wasn't mm-hmm. any, you know, it was only ABC, no NBC, C B S, yeah. nothing else, you know. So these people would come out and be very competitive against each other. Lou Ferrigno was kind of a, a standard. From the Hulk? Yeah, yeah, he was he was a he was a staple on there. Um, I mean, there were so many people. Uh, I remember uh, of course Robert Comrade and Gabe Kaplan being so competitive and uh, uh the crazy thing is is they did have some some kind of some real competitive kind of uh, uh, situations but then they also had like the dunk tank and kind of the tug of war at the end that was kind of the deciding kind of thing the tug of war was always <laughs> was always kind of fun but uh but yeah, who do you remember anyone else? Steeds, you remember anyone else? That was, and there was, I mean, there were a yeah, number JJ of people through there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. JJ was on there. Um, I think the Facts of Life girls were on there. Oh, I've time. got a list. Oh, Okay, good. So we'll spend good, just good.
1: five or six minutes. So yeah. the host in the first season was Howard Cosell. Yes, yes. If you don't know who Howard Cosell is, Google him. It's an entire thing on its own. Oh yeah. Uh, so uh, they were captains. So. ABC, CBS, NBC, first season, um, spoiler, 30 years before, um, ABC won. So, for example, the captain of ABC was Gabe Kaplan from Welcome Back, Kata. Um, CBS's captain was Telly Savalas.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, Kojak. Yeah. And that's right. He was a tough <laughs> yeah. a tough guy. Yeah.
1: And NBC was Robert Conrad was uh, the captain. And, you know, younger viewers or listeners don't really um, know who Robert Conrad is. I don't even know if Robert Conrad's still alive.
2: I think he is. Yeah, he's out of the limelight yeah, a little but, bit. Yeah. Um,
1: so just a few interesting people around on the ABC um, first season of a Battle of Network stars was for example, Richard Hatch, Farrah Fawcett, Linda Carter, um Ron Howard.
2: Yeah. yeah huh? Ron Howard, yeah.
1: Yeah. Penny Marshall.
2: Yeah, yeah. I it's remember hard that. to <laughs> believe these people yeah. could run. Yeah.
1: Um C B S they had, um, Mackenzie Phillips Uh Jimmy Walker and that's probably the only people that you would recognize Pat Harrington Jr. NBC had um,
2: Pat Harrington was that Schneider?
1: yes I believe so that is Schneider but look it up kids
2: (laughs) yeah that's Schneider I believe yeah
1: Ben Murphy Barbara Parkins Jonah Pettit Kevin Tate I don't really know any of them so I'm going to move on I'm just going to go through just a couple seasons because I think it's fun yes it is Um, so season 2 howard cosell <laughs> sorry so the hosts for season two were howard cosell bruce jenner and oj simpson
2: oh well there oh, you go wow, what a trio <laughs> i don't usually uh crack up during that. no that's a good one i did not know that that's interesting okay. yeah
1: uh i i surprised myself with that one and once again the three captains are the same because they're absolutely bonkers yeah um
2: so competitive. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
1: And so the first team had people like LeVar Burton. Oh
2: yeah.
1: Richard Hatch, Ron Howard, Hal Linden, Penny Marshall. Your uh, United States Olympic team. Ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. <laughs> CBS had Sonny Sonny Bono. Um, <laughs> Linda Lavin. Rob Reiner.
2: Rob Reiner,
1: yeah. I'm going to look on YouTube just to see him throw uh, <laughs> um, a, a shot put.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and, you know, Loretta Swit. That's the only one that I recognize. Uh, NBC had uh, nobody again hmm. except for Jane Seymour and Kurt Russell. Okay. So I, guess, I guess that's it. Yeah. So I'll just go through quickly. Next season, which took place November fourth, 1977, Howard Cosell, Telly Savalas, and Bruce Jenner were the hosts. So Telly Savalas... You know, took a powder on that, and you yeah. went right to be a you know, host. Right to commentating. Anyway. Um, ABC had, all right, get ready for this, Billy Crystal, Cheryl Ladd, Christy McNichol, mm-hmm. Penny Marshall, Suzanne Somers, and Parker Stevenson. That's, a pretty that's good quite good lineup. the combo.
2: That's a, that's a good lineup there.
1: Yes, CBS had, let's see who, if there's anybody we know, Jamie Farr from MASH, Okay. Uh, who played Klinger? right? yeah. Yeah. Uh, Loretta Swit, Lyle Wagner. Not really sure. Yeah. Uh, NBC had Robert Conrad, no longer the captain. I believe he got in trouble because he was too aggressive. Yeah, yeah. Um, and actually, CBS's captain was Jimmy Walker. And once again, ABC had Gabe Kaplan, the master. Um, and then NBC also had Donna Mills and Michelle Phillips. Uh, let's just go briefly. Next season, Howard Cosell, Bruce Jenner, Suzanne Summers is a host. ABC had um, Parker Stevenson. Cheryl Teagues, Hmm. Debbie Boone, Hmm. CBS had, oh my gosh, the captain for CBS was Tony Randall.
2: Oh, nice. Imagine that. Yeah, Yeah, interesting. Uh,
1: Back in his days of uh, being an athlete, I I suppose. Uh, Mackenzie Phillips, Victoria Principal. Oh, yeah. Big crush. Uh, Jimmy Walker, Kevin Dobson, NBC had Jane Curtin. Wow. (laughs) Melissa Gilbert.
2: Oh, yeah. I and Artie Johnson.
1: Wow. The next year had ABC had Billy Crystal once again. Apparently it was good. Robin Williams. Oh, yeah. Good it's one. almost too much. I remember that. Joyce DeWitt. Yep. Oh, my goodness. And Richard Hatch. Uh, CBS had Valerie Bertinelli, Lavar Burton, Lou Ferrigno, David Letterman. Oh. Mm-hmm. This is... Yeah, 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 I do. <laughs> I'm having an epiphany right now. Um, NBC briefly had William Shatner. That's the only person that I actually uh, uh, recognize. Next year ABC had Billy Crystal, Richard Hatch. Not really much of anything new there. Patrick Duffy from CBS and Victoria, Principal, and Leif Garrett. Leif Garrett. Interesting. Wow. Yeah, I bet you he was fast. He was
2: having some, (laughs) some problems then. He was probably pretty fast.
1: NBC had Todd Bridges. Um, I remember
2: Todd Bridges. William
1: Devane, and once again, Larry Wilcox. I guess he is uh, the ringer. Um, next year, well, let's just go down ABC, just down Yeah. from the next three seasons. So Willie Ames, Christy McNichol, Scott Bio, Bayo, um, Carolyn McWilliams, Willie
2: Ames, Ann Jillian. Do you remember Ann Jillian? I remember Ann Jillian, uh, what was she, uh, I remember the name, um, what was she
1: in? She was in a series, and I can't remember the name, please Google it folks, yeah. it's where she was a waitress, and they were in like a high rise um, restaurant, and she was the sassy waitress, mm. blonde,
2: yeah, have to look
1: that up. Yeah. Sure. everybody please look that up, Yeah. Um, Heather Thomas, Helen Hunt, Wow. 1982. I don't even remember what she was on. No. Heather Locklear and Heather Thomas in the same on the same team. That blows my mind. Um, yeah, we could go on forever. Let me just do uh, CBS really quick to see if there's any. Tom Selleck. Hmm. That was
0: probably a popular episode. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, especially back then.
1: Uh, Donna Mills, Joan Van Ark. Um, let's see here. Tim Reed this is just blowing my mind yeah
2: yeah you know the crazy thing for me about battle of the network stars again going back to just there were only three networks but you know they didn't really co-mingle so when they did it was just such an interesting dynamic with all of these uh, egos and all of these stars and then for the most part it was very uh, uh tongue-in-cheek and very kept very light but uh but yeah they, they were it, it's crazy how competitive they became it's unbelievable um you watch some of the tug of wars at the end and the agony on their faces and they're just all digging in and trying to win and uh but uh but yeah it was it was kind of uh, it, for me it was always the opportunity to watch these stars just mm-hmm. be normal people you know and uh so it was kind of a cool thing i always i always loved uh, and i think that went into you know i think it went well into the 80s i think 87 88 maybe was the last yeah so the
1: season? the the last season was 1988, and then yeah. there was a reboot in 2017, yeah. which I don't really yeah. remember.
2: I, I we, we, I do actually. We that. did watch that, and uh, um, unfortunately, it was. Uh, you know, it was a mix of throwbacks, so like uh, Larry Wilcox and Eric Estrada were on there, but then they were with a couple of people that we didn't know because, you yeah. know, I guess just new television, you know, if it's not reality-based, it's, you know, it's not, uh, you know, we don't uh, we don't know a lot of today's actors, <laughs> but, but back in the day, I mean, you know, when there were only three networks, again, going to that, you kind of knew everyone that was on TV. Now it's almost impossible to know everyone on TV because there's so many different... Uh, yeah. Uh, programming but it's uh, reality television is yeah, taking over the, yeah, the spotlight the most yeah. famous
1: people are reality television people yeah and you know just just two more and i, I philip michael thomas oh yeah and michael j fox
2: yeah.
1: and lisa benet oh yeah
2: that's a good one wow yeah.
1: she uh she didn't really want to be on the cosby show at the end so that surprises me um that was fun. Sorry to go into that tangent, but I really <laughs> right yeah. I really loved showing the people that were on there. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. And I think it's on ESPN Classic. Nice. Yeah. They play them. Yeah. And unfortunately, I don't have that, so, you know, sometimes I'll go to a bar, and I'm like, put
2: on ESPN Classic. Robert <laughs> yeah. Conrad's yelling at Gabe, Gabe Kaplan. Gabe Kaplan, yeah. They're challenging each other. I, I remember that episode where he challenged him to it, because uh, there was some drama between them, and he challenged them to a 100-meter dash. And, uh, and he would, he kind of thought that, Oh no, Gabe Kaplan's had it. Uh, but Gabe Kaplan smoked him. I mean, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, With his Afro and his mustache. The Afro stayed straight up in the air. I mean, I think the wind got it or something because he smoked him. And of course he parasailed. Yeah. His team, like all, you know, he gets to the finish line and then his team all rallies around him and the, and Robert Conrad's barely finishing, you know, and, uh, but, yeah, I couldn't believe that he uh, he challenged him, but then he got smoked. I'm like, if you're going to challenge someone, yeah, you better you know. be pretty certain that you're going to be able to pull this off. But uh, Absolutely. Yeah. He, he was
1: a fantastic athlete. And, you know, like I said, thank you for uh, letting me do that. I hope that uh, everyone out there uh, listening to Robot Love enjoyed that. And, you know, the younger uh, listeners, uh, look some of these people up yeah. and look some of their series up because it's it, it, it's a good representation of what we watched And how we had to look into a little booklet that was like 200 pages uh, long called TV guide (laughs) so you know our our dads would look at it and and say well you know um, I want to see The Incredible Hulk and it's on Friday at 7 o'clock on CBS or whatever and you know the infamous Saturday combo of Love Boat followed by Fantasy Island
0: Uh which I was able to to
1: stay up for Let's jump into these uh, television shows. We've got a lot of trivia. We've got some surprises. So uh, the first one that I want to talk about is probably everyone's favorite, ALF. Nice.
2: Yeah, ALF was a good one. Definitely (laughs) a good one.
1: I'm sitting here at 5280s surrounded by ALF things. Uh, Memorabilia, puppets, trading cards, um, things in boxes that are pretty pristine. Um, So ALF uh, ran from 1986 to 1990. Uh, Max Wright was Willie Tanner. And Shadeen is Kate Tanner, um, Andrea Elson as Lynn Tanner, and Benji Gregory as Brian Tanner. And don't forget Paul Fusco as Alf.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Where to begin? Um, there are some things that that is still from their own PR release. There are actually still Alf things happening, and we'll go into that in a bit. So basically, this is a, a show about an average American family that discovered that they have a visitor who happens to be an alien. Uh, he's arrogant and furry. And he's from the planet...
0: Melmac. Melmac. Yeah, Melmac. <laughs> good job.
1: Um, so they name him Alf, and apparently he escaped from a government facility. And do you remember what Alf stands for?
0: Alien life forms.
1: Very good. <laughs> you're really <laughs> I nailing these today. Yeah. You yeah, do I know, know your Alf trivia. It's just like never-ending story. <laughs> yeah. You're, a, you're an aficionado. So how it goes is... So look up Alf. Alf is... He kind of has... Big nose, and he's furry, and uh, he um, is a puppet, and they had, uh, actually the cast said that it was probably, uh, what did they say, it was like being in hell, filming it, (laughs) I don't know, uh, not because Alf was like the devil, uh, because they had to have, so the stage was four feet above the ground. Uh Uh, The puppets, they had to have several puppets, so they would have a close-up puppet from kind of the mid-body up, which... Uh, you know, the puppeteer would be in, and then they had one for far off shots. And then they had a uh, gentleman that was two foot nine mm-hmm. yeah. that would run, and you'd see him run in the suit, mm-hmm. which uh, is uh, is uh, one of my favorite uh, Alf mm-hmm. things. Like, you'd see it run away, <laughs> yeah. not yeah. really run towards the camera. Yeah, right. uh, and uh, he, he liked to, his favorite meal was, and Tony, you
2: can have a crack at this. <laughs> Alf was uh, Alf's favorite meal. Yeah, was, he, he liked eating cats, right? Yeah, yeah. Although he never actually—I mean, he threatened—and uh, yeah. and I guess they there was a microwave between, controversy like and yeah, 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 yeah. cats, yeah, 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 cats.
0: Which actually, as a kid, made me not like <laughs> Alf so much just because of that. You like reason. cats, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't? Yeah, Dee, Dee was into her pets. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: yeah. So this is uh, this is interesting. Just. I think what's even more interesting is the story of uh, one of the uh, main writers, and I'll get into that, Um, kind of, uh, they wouldn't let ALF die as a series. They had a, because it ended abruptly, Mm -hmm. and they really didn't have an actual um, finale, so to speak, but they, so they had the ALF movie, and then they had the ALF comics and trading cards, and you know... um, Pretty much you name it you guys have most of of what i'm talking about so most of the the plot uh the the majority of the scenes in alf take place in the kitchen and i don't know if it's because he can be behind the kitchen table but he he talks about things in the the first episode or two he drinks beer
2: yeah
1: and because it became um less an adult comedy then he uh, stopped drinking beer. Yeah, yeah. In he became more two, mainstream, so which, they had to
2: tone him down a little bit. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Uh, Melmac was destroyed. His uh, home planet was destroyed by a nuclear war. So his mission was to come back and uh, well once he arrived at Earth, he realized that he um, had to try to prevent this by you know going to the American government and saying, you know, uh, you need to prevent this. And then they said, oh well, let's put you into a holding facility. I think that that's kind of the plot. Give me just a quick summary of any other thoughts that you have of the storylines or how you experienced it. I mean, it was just magical for me when I watched it.
2: Deeds, so you want to discuss your cat
0: <laughs> well, situation? After. Well, like I said, I was not... A, although I know a lot about Alf, I was not a huge fan because of the whole cat situation. And probably, I guess, because at the time, I really didn't understand the humor of it, you yeah. know? Um, which he did. He was a little, a little snarky, yeah, yeah a, little like snarky, a little a little snarky, sarcastic, snarky. Yeah. and
1: uh, yeah, yeah. And he and his laugh. Someone do the laugh. Oh,
0: dude, I don't eating. I can't do it.
2: <laughs> She's on the spot. You know what intrigued me about Alf was that he it really deviated from what we all thought an alien would look like. You know, he yeah. wasn't the Star Wars alien. He wasn't the you know. He was this furry kind of likable. You know those. Dark black eyes, that little schnoz that he had—it's pretty adorable. <laughs> that little whiff of hair yeah. that he had—I mean, yeah. you know, he was—it it was, it was kind of different from what we all, uh, you know, thought an alien might be. But, uh, but I gotta say, um, you know, I think I think somewhere you, we talk about Alf a lot in this shop. It's unbelievable how much we talk about Alf. But uh, his merchandising was on point, man. Incredible. And, um, yeah, yeah. I can't. I want to say. Um, that I read something somewhere that said that, that in one year, I think he did $250 million worth yeah. of merchandise, you know, um, which is crazy for wow. the time. It's unbelievable, but he had everything. I mean, Alf, would. I mean, he really had a ton of product, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, from lunch boxes to lunch bags to, I mean, we've, like you T-shirt. said, we've got a lot of it here. Uh, T shirts, uh, six oh, video games, yeah, I believe, yeah. you know, um, which is crazy. Six video games based on Alf, you know, so. I'm sure they're um, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure they put a lot of work into those. The ET um, of television uh, yeah, games. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but yeah, it was a great series, and and like you'd mentioned earlier, I mean, he's kind of, you know, he's still around, kind of. I mean, he's been in some different things, and he was in there with some Radio Shack commercials a couple of years yeah. ago, and yeah. uh, you know, so he's kind of, he's kind of. Duck around. It's interesting. And
0: he was even went on after Alf, of course, and he was on like Hollywood Square.
2: Oh, I've got a list for you. Oh, (laughs) yeah. yeah, Tell us. Tell (laughs) us. Because, yeah, there is a lot.
1: So let's jump into trivia. You guys are amazing at (laughs) trivia. Um, What was Alf's real name? do You know this one,
0: Gordon Shumway. Yes,
1: <laughs> I'm shocked for a, a woman Shumway. who hated the
0: show. I know. Well, really
1: we know
2: we just know a lot for yes. whatever reason. Well, we talk we about Alf a lot, Alfa lot. Alfa yeah. Added, yeah, you know, so we do. There's like a little that. Alf costume, right? That I'm looking at over there, you know. But uh, yeah, Gordon Shumway, it's a good one, yeah, it is a good one, an odd one. So, I
1: promised to tell you, and I'll do this because I Folks, once again, I'm sorry I wasted so much time on Battle of the Network Stars. <laughs> no, I, loved, I, I love that. I became obsessed with you. the different, I'm like no. ABC, and cross-referenced it like a person looking for a conspiracy theory. Absolutely love that show. Um, so, trivia. ALF had the following spinoffs. One um, was the last one that he had mm-hmm. recorded as of their publicity site?
2: I don't know that one. I mean, I know he was in a lot. He's been in a lot of different things, yes. but uh, I don't know what the oh, last one.
0: I don't know. Wasn't he on like a t- talk show?
1: He was on Mr. Robot, oh. 2015, oh, yeah. Yeah. and there are other things that maybe they hadn't uh, updated and mentioned. And he's still around, and they're still trying to do a live-action movie.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now going back to your talk show, he did have a talk show for a very very short time. I think it was only six episodes or yeah. something. It was very very, but he did have kind of the traditional '80s talk show where you know he sat behind the desk and interviewed uh, people. But uh, he did. So there yeah. was
1: Alf, obviously A L F, Alf Tales, The New Hollywood Squares, Matlock. <laughs> Why not?
2: Cause that's yeah, there. Yeah.
1: Uh, Blossom that yeah, makes sense. Uh, Love Boat, The Next Wave. <laughs>
2: I didn't even know there was a at <laughs> the next wave.
1: did you? No. Later episodes of Hollywood Squares, the Cindy Margolis show. Oh, yeah. That's odd. Cindy
2: Margolis, yeah.
1: um, Alf's hit talk show. That's the one you were referencing. Okay. And that was only in 2004. Yeah. You'd think that that was yeah. a million years ago. Uh, he was on the O'Reilly Factor. Don't wow. even want to go there. Yeah. And then Mr. Robot in 2015. And like wow. I said, I don't, I'm not really sure there was a studio that – um, retain the rights and they're still trying to get this Alf movie going breaking Alf news um,
2: that's unbelievable And he, he visited the White House he did yeah yeah he, <laughs> he did was, he, he, yeah he hung out at the White House with uh, the Reagans yeah from the, the
1: mid part of him up yeah I'm yeah, sure of course <clears throat> like the Muppets yeah. so here's some very interesting trivia and this one's a little dark so Jerry Stahl was one of the major writers in the midpoint of Alf And if you remember, Ben Stiller played him in uh, a movie uh, version of his autobiography. Um, It was called Permanent Midnight. Just a bonkers film. Look it up if you haven't seen it. So the film's based on Jerry Stahl's autobiography book of the same uh, name, Permanent Midnight. And it tells the story of Stahl as he rises from a small-time television writer and becomes successful uh, on ALF and ends up making like $5,000 a week. Um, He also writes for um, some other series like 30-something, if you remember Mm 30-something. Moonlighting, which you mentioned in your list. Mm -hmm. And uh, ALF, which originally was conceived as Mr. Chompers, um, or vice versa. I'm not sure. Um, He was a raging alcoholic and a heroin addict. And uh, they made a few references in the trivia section of the uh, site that I researched on that his scripts became bizarre and incoherent, <laughs> more than Alf's typical incoherent scripts. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, I, we could go on a little bit more about it, but check out the, the movie um, Permanent Midnight, and uh, Ben Stiller is brilliant in that, and they you know cha- obviously changed the puppet from Alf to some very bizarre thing, and I, I believe that's how they reference Mr. Mm-hmm. Chomper so he doesn't get the pantsuit off of him. Uh, For you music buffs out there, the uh, music theme started in the Chord of C in the second season. It it was originally in the Chord of D, the key of D. So it went from (laughs) D to C. I I mean, I play music, and I was just trying to imagine this. I'm like, why? Why did they go from D to C? Anyway, like I had mentioned before, I'd gone over the fact that uh, there was some trivia that uh, everyone on the show called it hell, because of uh, you know 20 to 25 full hours per episode, which is just nuts. Yeah. Uh, voice of Alf Paul Fusco, he was also the puppeteer most of the time. Um, when he was uh, when he was shown in the full suit, um, and please forgive me, Mahali, if if you're out there, Mahali Mezaros. Uh-huh. With the gentleman who stands two feet uh, nine inches. Uh, He's not out, He's there, not anymore. out there anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A couple of years ago. Don't break my yeah, heart. Yeah. yeah.
2: I think we put something on our Instagram but when he did. passed away that uh, was just like, thanks for the memories
0: thanks for the full
2: (laughs) suit alfie (laughs) exactly and the picture we put was him getting into the So that's incredible please email that to me (laughs) uh
1: so alf's backstory he supposedly had two sisters um a half and a full sister the full sister's name was augie showed up in the cartoons and his half sister's name was diane and she was mentioned the, the trading cards which I believe you have a full set of. We do. Yeah. Okay, so don't crack those open. Keep them in their packages. <laughs> That's just a little FYI so you don't crack them open. Um, 1988, Burger King ran an ALF promotion. And I know you guys are really interested in some of these fast food promotion mm-hmm. promotions. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> it included a giveaway of ALF puppets mm-hmm. and
2: cardboard records. Do you mm-hmm. have any
1: cardboard records? Maybe they're laminated.
2: Yeah, no, we do not right now. I don't yeah. think, but we have run across theirs through the years. Um, generally, uh, they're not in very good shape any yeah, longer. They're they're, they're warped up. and they're sunbeat and and so yeah. on and so forth. But uh, but yeah, back in the day, I remember those things back in the day, and I remember thinking it was the coolest thing ever to be able to get a cardboard record, yeah. you know, um, and, and and it actually worked, you know. But uh, but believe it or not, one up of the Alf puppets from. Uh, uh, you know from Burger King probably one of our most popular at least consistently yeah. Everyone kind of cool. remembers those things. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Are they
1: plastic like the giveaway ones at McDonald's that were just plastic No, no they're, they're plush.
2: Like, yeah, they're plush. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and I believe was there four in that four. series? Yeah, yeah, that yeah, there was, was like, like a shirt. Hawaiian shirt, a baseball, mm-hmm. a chef, and uh... Oh, different outfits. Like yeah, different yeah. outfits and a rocker. Yeah, oh, yeah. the okay. rocker is probably the most difficult to get of the four, but uh... Is that where he's wearing Ray-Bans? Um, yeah, Knock he, has, a he has little son. Yeah, yeah, and uh, um, and of course he's got the Hawaiian shirt one with the little Hawaiian shirt. That he's got a red velvet baseball suit one, and then yeah. and then the last one is uh, what did I say? The, the chef. chef. Yeah, man. yeah, probably whipping up a cat duty. <laughs> <I'm trying>
0: <laughs> coming back
1: to haunt up. you. Uh, there were two, three songs. Well, there were a lot of songs on there, and I'm sure that it's it's uh, just terrible to listen to him. Terribly excruciating. One was Melmac Rock self-explanatory then take me Alf, to the ball game Mm, there you go and I remember that he had his own baseball type game wasn't it like baseball stroganoff or something it had to do with some type of uh, food being thrown at him while he was pitching
2: yeah what am I talking about that vaguely now that you say see I haven't thought about that in forever but now that you say that that that's starting to kind of yeah Yeah. it's a little fuzzy but yeah (laughs) some weird things going on with. there there were
1: some weird things and you know we kind of alluded to the cats i had really vague trivia about cats but dd has actually explained the horror of that um quick thoughts about alf we've completely given people more alf than they've ever known or probably want to know
2: deeds what do you got anything
0: i'm good i have a trivia question for you do you remember his girlfriend's name
1: I don't answer trivia. (laughs) (laughs) I do. Rhonda.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, thank you. Rhonda. Well, there was an
1: episode where he he, um, somehow, I don't know, there was no internet dating. He met a woman who was blind. (laughs) And he went to her house. Interesting. And they were falling in love. And one of the um, tanners came and, like, burst through the door and said, this isn't right. Well, there's a lot that's not right with that. But the fact that you know they were having this, they were both lonely, and, and, wow. and she was blind, and he was an alien, and he was about to tell her he was an alien, and then one of the children burst in or something.
2: Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, yeah, that's an interesting. I don't remember that one. I do remember the last episode. Did you did you read anything about the, the last episode? And you know, they kind of, they kind of wanted they, the, the they were in limbo about whether or not they were coming back uh-huh. for another season. So they kind of left it. Open ended, but it's a bizarre last episode um, where he actually is captured by the government. And uh, oh, that's yeah, happy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and uh, I do you know, know trivia about this. But go ahead. No, no. What, what's the trivia? Cause, <laughs> so uh, this, the nice last
1: one. season was going to be his adventures back in the government facility. Mm-hmm. Sounds yeah, great, doesn't yeah, it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: That's yeah. probably
1: why they didn't pick it up. And then you know, obviously, Al Fever was at such a pitch that they ended up having the, um, the put together episode from different things and then they had the cartoon and obviously you know the video games and the cards yeah. and um, just a little bit more of trivia, um, Japan and Germany mm-hmm. embraced yeah, ALF
2: was incredibly
1: huge, yes. there was such an outrage in both countries that a few of the episodes weren't included in the, the, the packages of DVDs and or videotapes at yeah. that time and uh, uh, I hope you have some Japanese or German Alf stuff. You, well, I know
2: yeah. he was huge, and I didn't know he was huge in Japan, but you kind of would think maybe that, you know, yeah. but I knew he was huge in Germany. Yeah. I knew he was uh, absolutely, uh, uh, you know, they, they, they did all his product there. They did his TV show, of course, uh, but, uh, but I didn't know about Japan. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they're bonkers. I mean, you guys don't have any Japanese or German versions so. of Alf, do you? I don't think so. No. So. Yeah, I don't think so. But uh, but yeah, I did know about Japan. I did know about Germany because they talked about you know getting him and uh, Old Hasselhoff together to do a duet for the for the German people of Germany. I'm closing so. my yeah. eyes, yeah, smiling. Yeah. yeah, you know, Aww. like him and Hasselhoff doing the Titanic thing. You know, like beautiful. And, yeah. And yeah. there's a
1: town in Germany called Alf, A L F, huh. and the town has to invest in uh, dozens of Alf signs because they are stolen constantly. Oh yeah. Uh, Up to this day, which is its own thing at
2: once. But, uh, yeah, yeah, Tony. Now, no, just going back to that that last episode, and, and again, I don't know. I didn't watch this, but I heard that in the mid-'90s they picked up that last episode and kind of finished the series, like, 96, I want to say. But I didn't watch that, so I don't know what happened exactly. I'll have to go and... Look for that and see, because I need some closure in my life with uh, <laughs> with what happened to Alf exactly. Obviously, yeah, so. as as a, a gentleman <laughs> in your in your uh,
1: early twenties, your your priorities were, yeah, they were changed. They're not a great. Bit. I
2: was yeah, I was uh, I was not uh, I was not uh, picking up on Alf in my twenties, but but now now that I'm much older, I'll go back to it. It's fine. It's perfectly fine now. Yeah, absolutely, so. you're surrounded by these types of things. <laughs> Alf was a good one. It was it was a uh, it was a good one. Very tongue I mean, just. Uh, sarcastic and snarky and funny and uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Alf was a good one for me. Terrible to
1: Pets. Uh, we're going to move on to Family Ties. And I know that's one that you guys uh, had mentioned on your list of, of want to speak abouts. And uh, it's a comedy? Question yeah. mark?
0: Yeah. Yeah. But
1: uh, it, it, let's just jump in. So yeah. Meredith Baxter, that unfortunately yes. passed away early from cancer, Um, Meredith Baxter-Burney was on there and she was at least Donnelly Keaton now that's an interesting point because this was a time in the mid 80's Mm, where uh, there was a a controversy because uh, women were hyphenating their uh, maiden names and their married names which is amazing that they were were doing things like this and it was considered a very progressive show Uh, Michael Gross, who everybody knows and likes, was Stephen Keaton Michael J. Fox in probably his most iconic role, until he was in Back to the Future. In yes. fact, he took a break from Family Ties to be in Back to the Future. He was Stephen Keaton, infamous Republican, young Republican. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael J. Fox, Justine Bateman, Justine Bateman, uh, Jason Bateman's uh, sister, and of course, Jason Bateman actually is kind of blown up with Ozark on Netflix, wow. and you know is currently uh, kind of in a, a repeat loop of uh, Arrested Development. Uh, Teeny others as Jennifer Keaton. Mm-hmm. Teeny others actually went to school with one of my cousins in California. Not that you guys should be impressed. <laughs> uh, Brian Bonsall as Andrew Andy Keaton. Oh, yeah. Now, before we move on, did you guys remember that there was this really strange timeline with with him as a character? andy remember he was a baby yeah yeah Yeah, and then then he was was six and then he was a baby again (laughs) and people are like you know and i was watching i'm like i don't know i don't care whatever (laughs) maybe they have another kid um so that was odd um some of the reoccurring casts was uh mark price as skippy
2: yes
1: handleman who became a comedian after and immediately disappeared uh but he was kind of the the drop in character, uh, you know, kind of a nicer version of Eddie Haskell. Mm-hmm. He would always drop in and hijinks would ensue, and then he would leave. Uh, Scott Valentine as Nick Moore.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Now I'll get to the plot for this, but you know, hopefully the people who are listening to this just remember these characters. So Nick Moore was uh, the boyfriend Mallory, of yeah. Mallory, yeah. the daughter, and he was uh, he'd have a dangly earring. And uh, a big, like, Afro Pompadour and uh, black leather jacket, and he did art. Yep, he was an artist. And he was a found artist. Like, I was a collage artist when I went to art school, but this was intense. This was three dimensional art from the junkyard. Yeah. And he'd always be like, Mr. Keaton, I brought you this piece of art, and it was just garbage. Yeah. It was like a bent trumpet and a shoe and like a coat hanger as an antenna. It was just total garbage. But he became a very, very popular character, and we'll go more into that. Uh, Tracy Pollan as Ellen Reed, Courtney Cox as Lauren Miller. She got herself into a lot of shows and videos and things at that time. Um, So it's, it's set in Columbus, Ohio, and it's a very important uh, show because it, it is a show about liberal Mm -hmm. Mm ex-hippies, you know, our parents' generation when they were still in their late thirties and forties, um, and, how they are dealing with this new generation, which, you know, is the older generation to the millennials, is the Gen Xers, and that's what we are. Um, so it deals with baby boomers, uh, liberals versus conservatives. There are three kids, and uh, the one kid, Alex, as I had mentioned, Michael J. Fox, his goal is to be a millionaire. And he worships yeah. Ronald Reagan. Yes. And he worships uh, Richard Nixon. Nixon. Yeah. And uh, it's amazing. Yeah. Tina Yothers was a tomboy and had a lot of, you know, moments when she was getting older and some, uh, some uh, you know, some lessons learned. She had quite a few um, lessons that she had on, on some of these special episodes. Um, I'd have to say that b- besides that as the backstory, it's kind of a show more about family than it is about other things. And uh, I always found it to be light, nice thing, that every time I heard the theme song, Anybody hum that? No, 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 don't. <laughs> don't.
2: Because I can't afford it. I cannot yeah. afford it. I do that not have enough That theme song budget. was pretty great, yeah. though. And for me, I love the intro where they're doing the little painting, you know, yeah, and like that then thing the thing. painting comes, you know, yeah, you know, but that Makes theme sure. song was a good one. That was amazing technology. Yeah, it, it was, was. like, you know, it was like uh,
1: MS Paint yeah. before its time. Yeah. Original title, Hip Parents, Square Kids.
2: Wow, I oh, did not I'm know glad that. They Hip didn't go parents with parents I don't know. That sounds pretty
1: good to me. Yeah. Um, originally, Elise and Steven were intended to be the main characters, and it was about their life as former hippies entering the you know mm-hmm. the, the workforce uh, and you know becoming uh, professional characters. Um, Michael J. Fox was 21 when he was cast as 16-year-old Alex. Oh. I think that that's interesting. Um, so Nick, as we had spoke to before, Scott Valentine, he was supposed to have his own spin-off series. The Art of Being Nick. Hmm. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, but NBC didn't pick it up because they were they were afraid that that the
2: absence of Nick would hurt Family Ties ratings. Hmm. I didn't know Nick was that popular. Yeah, Nick was he, he was a he was like a all the girls love Nick. I mean, he was yeah, he just had that great 80s look, you know, yeah. and all the, I remember all the girls just being like, of course, I had a crush on Mallory, but. Uh, oh, who did? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I remember all the girls uh, loving Nick, so yeah. So Nick and Valerie, um,
1: producers' first choice for the father was Ed O'Neill.
2: Hmm,
1: interesting. Which would have been very interesting. Yeah. Um, So this is a really kind of morose, interesting fact. So the cast had, um, I'd say bittersweet thoughts about the last episode, but they all wanted the entire family to die in a
0: plane crash. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. Because they they didn't (laughs) want a reunion
1: show. Holy moly, that is
2: amazing. That is amazing. (laughs) deeds would your heart be broken if I they did that but, and they had their cat on the plane <laughs> <That would've been laughs> and alf terrible. caused the accident
0: yeah, it wow <laughs> wow yeah. and you know
1: i don't uh, I, I don't know i mean uh, okay so that's, that's all the trivia that i have do let's start with you
0: <laughs> well i mean that's kind of it's kind of crazy like because you know i think i think a lot of people were probably pretty emotionally involved involved and connected to Mm -hmm. the show and with the characters because I know I was and you know it's funny Tony and I even the other day were talking about the breakup scene when you know when Alex breaks up with his his girlfriend the song you know that like I will forever um, don't sing it I won't uh, sing. Can't it to afford Canada. it. <laughs> <laughs> but, you it know, like, one, we though. were just talking about that. So, you know, I, I mean, and that's something, anytime I hear that song, I'm, I'm going to be like, oh, oh I man. cried. I did, too. I cried. <laughs> it, it, yeah, it, oh. it's like, oh, man, what a tough breakup. But you kind of, I guess, maybe learned through what they were going through because you were emotionally mm-hmm. invested in, in their characters. And um,
1: Who'd you commiserate the most with? Who, do, who could you see yourself having the same problems of? Because we were probably the age between Michael J. Fox and Tina Yothers.
0: Yeah. I You know, probably more Tina Yothers just because I was the tomboy. Mm. I was that awkward girl that just, you know. Jumped off the roof. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like just, you know, so probably sh- I connected to her even though I probably never really wanted to admit it. Like, yeah. you know, because um, Mallory was so... Cool and popular, and she you know, cool. you beautiful. Know, but I'm like, yeah. Man, I yeah.
1: wanted her to be my Why girlfriend. to be <laughs>
0: darn
1: <teeny> others. <laughs> darn it, I'm teeny others. I think I was teeny others too, which is sad. Uh, Tony?
2: Just final um, thoughts and who you you see know. I remember as. being intrigued by Nick just because he was an artist. I remember and and of course you know, uh, you yeah, know. And he had feathered hair. <laughs> oh, well, I didn't have feathered hair, but he did have feathered I hair. Didn't. But uh, uh, well, maybe a little bit feathered
0: hair. Anyway, any
2: and, and I remember him being just kind of edgy and cool yeah. and just kind of you know. So I remember, being, but but uh, Michael J. Fox's character. I mean, Damn. you know, even though. Um, uh, you know of course he was uh, you know we had the picture of reagan and and nixon and and but he was just a great character and and that's you know kind of why we we wanted to to put that in our in our little list is uh, it was just a great series uh, the parents were fantastic they oh, yeah. were always the most understanding and the most uh, encouraging and loving and supportive and it was a it was a fantastic series it really was um Course, like I said, I had the crush on Mallory. Tina yothers though, didn't she go on to be in a does she have a rock band? Yes. Yeah. She
1: dyed her hair black and she yeah. had she
2: had a punk band for yeah. a while. Or a goth band. I, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She may still. Yeah, I think she, she may still see. still have it. Yeah. She she may still. See deeds? Yeah. <laughs> so your next uh yeah, your next career. So
1: final piece of family ties trivia. Who played? The alcoholic brother, and I believe it was the alcoholic brother of oh, Baxter Burning. I don't remember that. I, early in his career.
0: I can picture him, but I cannot think of who it is because I remember the episode.
1: Yeah, or he's episodes. like he's like I, I don't have a problem. I lost my job and fell down. Who was it? I don't I don't, I don't remember. remember that. Mr. Tom Hanks.
0: Yes. Really?
1: Yes. Do you remember? I do I remember.
0: Think I, missed those yes. ones. I don't have a problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yep. That's my best
1: Tom Hanks. <laughs> uh, so if if you're okay,
2: uh, any other thoughts, or can I move on to the no, next no. one? Yeah, that's awesome, amazing. though. I did not know that. I did yeah. not know Tom Hanks was, uh, yeah, the, the alcoholic, and that's yeah. Interesting. Well, hopefully not yeah. in real
1: life. <laughs> uh, so the next one is, this one is is so big that I had to pick some points, but there are a lot of characters in it. And there a lot of guest stars. I call it the guest star. You know, Tony's like <laughs> nodding his head. Miami Vice, nineteen eighty four to nineteen ninety. Oh,
2: Miami Vice. The smile
1: yeah. on Tony's yeah. face yeah. is priceless because he was hoping that I would pick this one. <laughs> Let's go through the list really quick. So, obviously, the biggest star was Don Johnson. Yes, everybody knows Don Johnson. He's become yes. a veteran actor that's very well respected. Uh, but he was the coolest guy. He had, you know, his outfits pioneered. That Miami relaxed slash formal style, white linen suits, mm-hmm. t-shirts underneath, yes. uh, really nice tapered at the bottom baggy pants and loafers without socks.
2: Yeah,
1: nightmares now, awesome then. Yeah, yes. I couldn't afford to get those, but there'd be one cool guy in high school or not yeah. even high school, yeah. in junior high. They'd be like,
0: yeah. look at
1: him, he's got Ray yeah. Bans, which were like a hundred dollars.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Ricardo Rico Tubbs was Philip, uh, played by Philip Michael Thomas. Thomas. Yeah who um, was an interesting actor and was very intense. Uh, He was his partner. So they were partners, and let's just give a little bit of background before we go to the other cast. They were partners, and they were part of the title, Miami Vice, and uh, their job was to be undercover and bust drug dealers. Mm -hmm. Now, during this time, um, Miami was in a huge crisis. Uh, The uh, classes of police Mm -hmm. were either, I think, there were certain uh, graduating classes where a third of them were killed and the rest were being paid as informants and, you know, on the take from, from the Colombian cartels. So it was just the wild West. Mm -hmm. Um, They also have uh, the Yakuza and different, different uh, gangs there. So, so basically it's, it's those two against the entire crime syndicate of Miami (laughs) and they really did a good job. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Trudy Joplin was Olivia Brown. Olivia Brown was Trudy Joplin. Uh, Sandra Santiago was Gina Calabresi. I had a crush on her. Uh, Michael Talbot was Stan Switek. John Deal was Larry Zito. And uh, do you remember who Lieutenant Martin Castile was? Um, I remember. I, um... After the second season, I believe he was Lieutenant Yeah, yeah, because in the
2: first season, he was someone else. He was, but yeah. he wasn't edgy enough. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't remember his name though. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna kick yourself. Yeah.
1: Edward James almost. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He he was the guy that when things were going chaotic, I saw yeah. him come on the screen. I'm like, everything's gonna be okay. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Because he's like Crockett Tubbs. Yeah. Why
1: are you in these disguises? Yeah. And uh, <laughs> there's some there's some trivia about it. he and uh, Don Johnson after this. So Crockett lived on a.
0: I don't know oh, a lot of... Oh, yeah. on a boat. Yeah, a sailboat. Yeah. And had a
1: pet...
2: Alligator?
0: Oh, Tony's nailing it. I know this is... What a, was his name?
2: I don't know. What was his name? name. Elvis. Oh.
0: oh. Yeah,
2: yeah, his alligator's name was Elvis. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Because I thought that was so cool. Well, I mean, yeah, how cool is right. it to have a pet alligator? I mean, come and on. And
0: named Elvis. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean... Big criminals would come on the deck, and yeah. they're like... I'm looking for Crockett, yeah. and then yeah, <laughs> this alligator come out, like and he's like, flip Elvis, heel. Yeah, yeah.
1: Interesting. A uh, little bit of uh, uh, strange times there. Uh, on top of that, the series took a lot of political issues and crimes that were loosely based on uh, real crimes in Miami. I, that was dangerous at the time because you're you're not only filming in Miami, but you're, you're, every week you're showing them defeat these crime syndicates and these cartels that that basically had a stranglehold on Miami, so that was actually kind of a dangerous thing. And they were putting themselves out because, like I said, it was the Wild West. They took on some uh, political issues, pretty brave as well. Uh, do you remember some of the uh, some of the people that they interacted with and battled were uh, Northern Irish uh, gangs and uh, you know the IRA and mm-hmm. and they took that on. Like I said, South American drug. Cartels, and there was an episode of "Prodigal Son," which I remember. Um, there was also a little bit like uh, Iran Contra stuff going on. Uh, so they they were they talked they had a few episodes about that, and they uh, they talked about the U.S. support for anti communist generals in Central America, dictators. They went through problems in Southeast Asia. Obviously, the Vietnam conflict was not very um, far off. I mean, the time period was was. It was a, a, a very uh, close-to-home to subject. And they also took on subjects like child abuse, uh, homophobia, before that was something that had actually mm-hmm. been. Now, I know, I, I don't remember if the Archie Bunker show had spoken about it. I believe so. Um, they talked a lot about the AIDS crisis. And I remember they had uh, quite a few episodes where, um, I remember a particular episode where they were trying to save a church that had um, AIDS patients in it, and everybody wanted to shut it down from the community because they, they felt that it was... Know something that was a little too uh, taboo. So, from your memory, and we do have half an hour, which is fantastic.
0: We only have half an hour left.
1: (laughs) We're gonna we're gonna go quick. (laughs) We got to go quick. Uh, I know it's we could go on forever. Please name some of the musical guests. There were like fifty of them. I was baffled. I listened to the soundtrack while I was writing this. Well, I gotta
2: tell you, I mean that was for me that was one of the things that that I loved about Miami Vice. Just you know. The scene where they're playing in the air tonight. With oh, Phil Con- yeah. I mean, you know, chills. It's like three minutes of just the song during a. I mean, it was, it was no one had ever done that before. Yeah. So it was such an innovative situation with that. Crockett's driving. driving. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, but God, yeah, that whole uh, you know the music tie-ins uh, were just fantastic. But that's my favorite of you know of them Phil all. Phil Collins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's one of you, I mean Phil Collins. Yeah, was your, that, your that's my- your favorite, uh, yeah. girl, well, one of your favorites. I know George Michael was the other, but yes, uh, but yeah. So them introducing that, um, you know, and doing that. I mean, and I mean, it was kind of a. Uh, I remember uh, reading about how that was such an innovative thing, and how they were so concerned that, you know, that that wouldn't hold the audience's attention. That they, you know, that the attention that they're gonna play this, uh, you know, for three minutes, three and a half minutes, they're gonna play this song, and it's just gonna be him driving around thinking about the situation, you know, but... Uh.
0: But, of course, everyone's like, I don't mind watching Don Johnson for three minutes <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to drive and his car around. It was just this, this brooding <laughs> character, and,
1: like, it, he was like, going to these bridges that went to the different islands and just... You know, you'd see his face, and you'd yeah, see you'd see the lights and, going yeah, past it, and, and, the... and then you'd see like the front of the car, and then the back yeah. of the car, and then
2: maybe like some welling tears because and the one, shine yeah. of the car, you know, the <laughs> lights, and you know, and no yeah. one on the road for some
1: strange yeah, reason in yeah. Miami, which I've been, in and that's very rare. <clears throat> so just to go through a few Phil Collins,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Tina Turner had, to, and a lot of these people had cameos. Uh, Journey was featured on it. Uh, Ted Nugent, Neil Young. Peter Gabriel, and the local—I'd uh, say this is probably the most famous local band that was on there—was Gloria Esteban Oh, oh nice.
2: yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, that makes sense. I don't remember what song that was, but that makes perfect yeah, sense. Yeah.
1: Uh, get on your feet, I would imagine, because that's the only one I can think that of. Uh, fat Boys. Oh, and uh, I'll—I'll nice. I'll stop at Fat I Boys because
2: <laughs> awesome. who, who
1: that's doesn't awesome. want to stop it at, at <laughs> Fat Boys? Uh, Any other thoughts before I jump into trivia?
2: Uh, Well, my
0: thoughts are, well, just kind of from a perspective of We uh, we Do, that is one of those shows that there really wasn't. Like, people come in and ask for, like, Miami Vice stuff, and, you know, and we're just like, no, they didn't make a lunchbox. I mean, you know, the show was... Not really kid-friendly. But we all watched <laughs> <launched> it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, even though, yeah. But it's not like they were making a lunchbox and a TV tray of, you know, for Miami Vice. Um, so that's definitely one. although they did have a pretty awesome board game that we've had.
2: Yeah, they had a board game. They like, had a line of tuxedos. Um, well, uh, yes, Yeah, they had the, but, the line of... Uh, yeah. Leisure suits as well. I mean, the, the yeah, oversized yeah, the, the, uh, linen. Uh, yeah, and uh, the, the uh, pastel colors. A, and, yeah, it's a Miami Vice tag. And uh, you can find them online. Um, yeah, you can, there's still people out there that sell those things. So. Yeah.
1: Briefly, Tony, tell me about, and that's something that obviously we didn't talk about, but it was the main uh, theme of the show. Tell me kind of what the style is, because it is a style. <clears throat>
2: You know, it's kind of a crazy thing. Um, I remember reading an article about this, and I remember them sending one of their producers or someone associated with the show to the paint store. Um, I don't mm-hmm. know if that's in your trivia or not. No, but, it's not. Uh, but but please they sent continue. Them to the paint store to, to put a color palette together for for this uh, for this show, and at the time um you know we weren't we weren't quite into the neon yet we're kind of getting into that a little bit and he wanted to do something completely different than just the neon and the bright colors or the primary colors so he went with this pastel style and uh and and, and kind of another crazy thing uh, that i read about uh, about this is that uh you know the the uh, situation with his uh, uh with his suit was um they just, it was so hot that he just needed to take clothes off. So he didn't want to wear a button-up shirt and because and, and, it was just so warm when they were shooting. Thank God, he, right? He, yeah, yeah, You yeah. <laughs> know, yeah, he didn't, uh, the socks, you know, came off. I mean, he, you know, he tried to just, it was it was just to make him more comfortable than anything. Um, and then it just caught on as like that's an amazing fashion sense yeah, you know that's yeah. and then everyone i mean even you wanted to you know kind of pull off that fashion sense. oh i <laughs> wanted, to. I, wanted I <laughs> to I wasn't cool enough to do it man, it was, but, it was uh, well we didn't have the money so i yeah, would just like have yeah. one component <laughs> <laughs> yeah just, uh, yeah you know, the, so so he'd wear the t-shirts instead of the long sleeves and you know the no socks and and just the linen pants and tried to you know, make it as cool as he possibly yeah. could. And that was more out of just necessity due to the heat than rather you know, rather than just trying to be cool, you know, but no pun intended, but... Uh, <laughs> oh, they, they were
1: cool. <laughs> that, you know, that actually does remind me of trivia that I didn't have down. So the producers actually took that pastel palette and double-check this, folks, and um, actually painted buildings in South Beach. It's called mm. South Beach there, right? Mm-hmm, mm. um, and they kept them. So yeah. that characterized uh, that iconic Miami color yeah. scheme on the buildings. Yeah. They did. Right. It That's wasn't awesome. like this. It was an old resort yeah. town before
2: yeah. and it had natural colors. Yeah. yeah, and that goes back to another thing about it being a, an old resort town, you know, after Miami Vice came through. It really depicted it more as a kind of edgy kind of uh, a younger city versus what it was before then kind of a retirement you know where people would go right. to retire and then Miami Vice came along and then everyone wanted to be there I mean it, it really bloomed into you know the the kind of the the crazy Miami nights and things like that right. but uh, the place yeah. to
1: be and, yeah. and, and I think uh, the opening uh, segment was what just I'm like ah, I want to be there so bad because, it you know it started with yes. like uh, the uh, cigarette boats uh-huh. uh, you know streaming down the coast and then it had flamingos uh-huh. doing crazy flamingo stuff, <laughs> and, and then it had, had other uh, things too. and then <laughs> and then pictures of people in bikinis yeah, that's yeah. right from there behind
2: that's what I was going for <laughs> and um,
1: I don't know this but please tell me if you know what was that crazy South American sport that's still popular in Miami where they've got a um, a wicker scoop and a court almost like handball and they I don't, I don't they know they throw yeah I you know, know what, what I'm talking about yeah because
2: yeah. it's in the thing but yeah I don't know the name I know uh, wow yeah. I should have been more prepared. yeah I should have looked that up
1: um, okay well moving on uh, so Edward James almost as we had mentioned plays the captain uh, when he came in and was hired for the show they were like well you know he's 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 edgy he's, he's kind of a rough looking guy mm-hmm. so he definitely changed the entire um, personality and, and vibe of, of that character um, he was very solemn he spoke very slowly Yes. He, he had a lot of equity of words and things like that so specifically he made his desk paper free every time the detectives walked in there were no papers like he's too cool for school <laughs> like literally that, that was something that he did himself and he would
2: make them knock Yes,
1: that was right after what I was going to say. Tony, you're incredible.
2: He would make them knock, yeah, just to show that he had this clout, you know, like they couldn't just walk in on him, you know. So it would be, yeah. Who is it? Yeah. It's Crockett and Tubbs. I was just looking he at my cool. empty
1: desk. Yeah. Uh, so there some tie ins with Vietnam. And there are some, you know, a lot of these guys were Vietnam vets. Um,. Sonny Crockett's character um, was that he volunteered for military service in Vietnam in the early 70s. Uh, These are based kind of on the real actions of what Don uh, Johnson attempted to do. He attempted to join the Marine Corps, but uh, he had uh, some drug possession convictions. So I I guess in the early 70s, they weren't just pretty much taking everybody. They had started to vet a little bit more. Um, So, kind of a Kind of a a parallel there, but not quite. Um, Phil Collins played a character named Phil Mayhew. Does that sound like a tie-in to anything, a reference to anyone?
2: Phil Mayhew. It doesn't. I don't know. That's not ringing a bell.
1: Okay, so the drummer um, before Phil Collins in the band Genesis was John Mayhew
2: very you odd you didn't know that? so Dee uh, became a drummer mostly because yeah you're a drummer
0: uh, yes, I was. <laughs>
2: wow, like in a band.
0: Well, just pretty much my own band. <laughs> <laughs> her and two <Tita>
2: together. <laughs> One, two, three. Headphones. No, but yeah, but Didi I... could get down on the drums. It's unbelievable. So yeah, yeah. 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 she's yeah, like animal. Skull. I was really like animal. <laughs> 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 back, drum set yeah, she would would actually sold out. your. Did she sell your? I sold my drum Drum set set to get a a car. car. Yes. Yes. You know,
0: a little older.
2: than Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Every Every
1: episode, Didi, you have the most like insightful, interesting things that you used to do. (laughs) So that that, that's great. That's great. So, um, the show was extremely expensive to produce, uh, because everything was like a film quality shot. I mean, just the mm-hmm. production and the aerials and things before drones, I mean, they were constantly using helicopters. The boats were extremely expensive, and obviously the cast after season two was extremely expensive um, to employ as well. Um, while it was supposed to be a film at one time, uh, I think it was supposed to be called Gold Coast. Mm-hmm. Uh, but did you know that, Tony? Yeah. Okay, yeah, Gold great. Coast was... Great. Uh, so with a budget of around $1 million per episode, That's bonkers. I would say that's probably two to three million in today's money, or more,
2: because of the recession and everything
1: at the time. Um, This budget um, let them shoot on location, repaint, as we mentioned, and refurnish buildings, which actually helped Miami in general. Um, Like we said, there were no earth tones in the entire thing. The color scheme was was mostly based on pastel palette. Um, but the budget for an individual episode exceeded the entire annual budget um, for Miami Dade Police Vice Unit. Yes, which is, explains maybe yeah. why there was so much crime yeah. because Miami Vice had a bigger budget than the than the actual Vice
2: Unit <laughs> yeah. of Miami Vice. Yeah, I think I remember reading that. That's crazy. Yeah.
1: Two people. Now let's just imagine this. What two people would you imagine, or have you heard, did not get? There's always two people on a set of a television show that don't get along. So. Who would you think that the two people that didn't get along?
2: Well, I would think the two biggest egos, right? Perhaps.
0: <laughs> that would make sense.
2: Was it was it almost and 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 uh, and uh, Crockett,
1: Don Johnson, Edward James almost? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. God, Tony, you're firing on all yeah. cylinders today. <laughs> it's early. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, they had different acting styles. Yes. Um, almost used to use his, and this is an insight, um, although. Edward James almost doesn't even talk about Miami Vice, and he doesn't even really put it on his resume. Um, almost had such animosity and anger towards Johnson that it made their scenes together more impactful, mm-hmm. and actually became a, an amazing dynamic between them. Um, and that's what formed, and uh, that's what formed this this crazy relationship on screen, where he would never even look at him. Edward James almost wouldn't look at any of those characters, so he'd walk in and say, "Looks like a double homicide." <laughs> What's on, <laughs> what's on the ground? And they're like, yeah, where are you? Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. are you? What are you yeah. thinking about your grocery list? Um, so that's interesting. Uh, so Crockett had a Ferrari Daytona. Do you remember that? I remember that. And that was for the first two seasons. This is really interesting. Even with their um, huge budget, they had a mock-up frame of that particular model car built over another car's chassis to cut costs. I can't even imagine that. I'm going to look for it next time I watch it. Um, So Enzo Ferrari, who was still alive, um, personally was so angry about how much attention the fake Ferrari was getting because it was, you know, Ferrari's handmade, and people are like, wow, it's a great Ferrari. He's like, no, it's fake. Um, That he sued the showrunners and eventually in the settlement said, okay, you guys are off the hook, but you have to provide a genuine Ferrari on the filming. On the condition that crockett's old car was removed from the series
2: now what do they do with that old car wasn't the term that wasn't uh, didn't they have to destroy it they did yeah third season crockett is um, undercover
1: and insults an equipment dealer remember the big thing was stinger missiles because you know Mm -hmm. we had just helped Mm -hmm. the uh uh Mujahideen get Stinger missiles to defeat the the Soviet troops yeah. in Afghanistan. So the big thing was, oh my gosh, nobody should have a Stinger, which is actually a concern now. And they had rocket launchers and these these anti-tank weapons. So in order to prove that he was legit and not a cop, um, he fires at this uh, car with a rocket launcher and destroys it, mm-hmm. which they did in real life. Right. So that was kind of a cool thing, yeah, because I remember they cool destroyed thing. it. I was like, what? Yeah. yeah. Um, so... Other people were slated or tried out for Sonny Crockett. Richard Dean Anderson, Mm -hmm. which would have been interesting, Tom Mm Berenger, Jeff Bridges, Mickey Rourke, Mm -hmm. and Nick Nolte.
2: Nick Nolte. (laughs) Just going to show up
1: and sleep. Um, So Don Johnson was almost turned down um, because... Uh, He was involved in four failed Failed pilots pilots, in a row, which is kind of a curse. Um, And people in Hollywood are very superstitious, so that was kind of a red flag. Um, And he almost quit the show the second season um, after Mark Harmon was actually signed a contract to replace him. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Um, Ricardo Tubbs, a very famous actor, was considered very seriously for that role. Uh, Who was that? One of the biggest stars in was the Was that world? Denzel? Yes! Nice.
0: Yeah.
1: Denzel.
2: Points, points, points. Yeah. DD, you got to get in the game. <laughs> I know. You well, got to get in the game. This is this all one. I've got. So the next one, I'm sure, will be all. I these. don't have any other knowledge. <laughs> yeah. It's all Miami Vice I know, based. Yeah.
0: I don't uh, even think I was allowed to watch Miami Vice. Yeah.
2: <laughs> there was
1: an Eagles connection. I don't know this one. The band, the Eagles, was somehow associated or a member of the Eagles. Hmm. Glenn Frye played Jimmy Cole the drug smuggler and one of the top hits was Smuggler's, Smuggler's Blues the
2: yeah Smuggler's Blues yep
1: yeah. um
2: gosh man we've got 15 minutes what that's it yeah <laughs> next we time have we have like, to start at 9 we have
1: like 6 or 7 more we've got <laughs> like we're gonna have to cut one out <laughs> that's that's crazy yeah. so um just briefly another right. uh, of the show stars had um a music career kind of an Eddie Murphy-ish music career it was Don Johnson Heartbeat Mm. Yeah, I remember that. So I'm going to, unfortunately, have to jump right in uh, without any final thoughts. Yes. I'm sure. A-Team. <laughs>
2: oh. Is, yeah, oh. This is, this right is Dee Dee's. The theme song <laughs> no, is in my a, head. God, this is right <laughs> up your are <here, Alan>. Okay. <laughs>
1: let's jump in. Uh, I'm going to give you a summary after I tell you who it was. Yes. George Prepard Yes, was Hannibal Smith with his catchphrase, I love it when a plan comes together. Mm-hmm. Cigar smoking leader of this group Uh, Dwight Schultz was Howling Mad Murdoch Mr. T was B.A. Baracus which his catchphrase was I pity the fool Mm -hmm. Dirk Benedict Templeton Face Man Peck so Dirk Benedict was Templeton Face Man Peck so this group they were Green Berets and they were in Vietnam Colonel John Hannibal Smith and his team they were framed for robbing a bank in Hanoi which they had done but only under orders they were sent to a U.S. military prison. They escaped one on the run, pursued first by Colonel Lynch and later by Colonel Decker. When they were on the lam, they became heroes for hire. If you have a problem, and no one else will uh, That's call right. the A-team. Yep. Um, working as kind of good guy vigilantes, they went around the U.S. and all over the world trying to help people who were in trouble. Hannibal's leader, obviously, expert of disguises. Remember, yep. he was at, in the yep. opening. He was disguised as an actor playing uh, uh, like a Godzilla type. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He was... Um, uh, he was also... Oh, man, some of this stuff is really, like, not PC right now. <laughs> like, four different times, he was a Chinese yeah. laundry person <laughs> and wore a, uh, yeah. yeah, a stereotypical hat with a Fu Manchu mustache yeah. and uh, had an unfortunate accident. Accent, sorry. <laughs> yeah. um, so, that's fine. B.A. was the mechanic. He worked on all of these, uh, uh, it, they were like the uh, MacGyvers of vigilantes. Yeah. He's like, B.A., we've got a wrench and, yeah. and a few chickens and, <laughs> and an old tank. He's like, no problem, yeah. no problem. Um, so he, he took care of uh, mayhem and intimidation, obviously, with his size and his attitude. Um, Howling Mad Murdoch was the pilot, and everyone called him Howling Mad because of how he um, actually flew. Um, and they said he was a certified lunatic in, in IMDb, whatever that means. And uh, so he was broken out of a mental hospital and you know given the keys to every vehicle that ever flew, um, and then face, face yeah. Dirk Benedict, who was probably considered one of the most handsome men in the world at that time, um, was just the face. He just he went. He and, was very handsome. He, <laughs> he was. He's <laughs> like he'd take his glasses yeah. off slowly and go. Oh my, I'm yeah. on this. If there's like a woman guarding something or if, you know there's a female. Uh, You know, uh, someone with a gun or or there's somebody protecting or being the front desk person for an evil corporation. He always seemed to get their number and things happen. Uh, Worse aimed than stormtroopers in this particular (laughs) show. No one was hit. People were injured. Yeah, I've got more trivia for that. So before I jump into trivia, because we have to unfortunately
2: get going, uh, give me some thoughts beats any thoughts on I mean come on Mr. (laughs) T I mean do you need to say more than Mr. T no I mean but they all complemented each other so well I I remember that's one of the things I loved about it is that uh you know they just all it just all worked but Mr. T I mean come on how could you how could you beat Mr. T I mean he was the most dynamic star at the time you know and uh and, uh, you know, for him to be B.A. Baracus, I mean, yeah. bad attitude, you know? I mean, just mean and tough. And Thanks, yeah. thanks, Tony. That was my
1: first uh, <laughs> trivia question. We have some psychic link going yeah. on with trivia today. And uh, yeah. what was he most afraid of?
2: Uh, flying, right? Yeah, and yeah. what did they have to do every they time had to, they had to fly? They had to take him out, right? Yeah, they, <laughs> yeah. Had to, they had to give him a, yeah, a sedative, to, yeah. which is yeah. ironic because in order to be a Green Beret, you have to be able yeah. to fly in planes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I – helicopters yeah. – I know no, it was a good one. It was a good one. I know, no, want to
0: curse the A-Team van, like the van. Yes.
2: Well, and the song. Iconic. I mean, you know, yeah. the song, the intro, you know, when the guy's the narrator is just talking about the Incredible. mercenaries for hire, you know. With so the stock cool. footage of, of
1: the dust-off uh, yeah. pilots it's going, just, going down. Good,
2: it's just It's just a good one. I know we're under some time limits, so. I'm going to jump yeah. into trivia. Yeah. Um, in the
1: opening credits, Dirk Benedict reacts to a passing metallic Cylon Warrior, which was a direct reference to his um, being in Battlestar Galactica. Galactica yeah. Right? Cigars routinely smoked by Hannibal were real, and they came from the personal stock maintained by George Prepard. Nice. Um, the writers had a running gag that they would stage the most horrific car crashes due to explosion or otherwise, and everybody would walk out okay <laughs> that was on purpose now we always thought that that was just you know a junky storytelling um, according to Dirk Benedict George Pappard would not talk to Mr. T and would use um, Dirk Benedict as a messenger between them and Pappard would refer to him as the man with the gold oh it gets what? classier with George Pappard well, I, <laughs> I had no yeah. idea George Pappard was such a jerk well, yeah, um, I know that. <clears throat> although there were a lot of fistfights and they had a lot of shootouts the A-Team never killed one person, right? That's why they got the mm-hmm. PG rating. It was supposed mm-hmm. to be a lot worse. Um, according to publication Bring Back the A-Team 2006, Dwight Schultz met George Pappard for the first time in 1983 and was beginning the production after he had confirmed that George Prepard was going to play this character, and he respectfully introduced himself, and George Pappard's reply was, Very good. I'm George Pripard, and I'm not a very nice man. Whoa. That sets a precedent. You're, dis- oh. you're disappointed. You're disappointed. <laughs> yeah. And I was disappointed. When they had a European tour organized to make the cast um, more available um, for European viewers, George Papard refused, uh, refused to join his cast members. Oh. Previous show that George Papard was on uh, was Dynasty. He was fired after a week. This is like George Pappard bashing.
2: Yeah, yeah, I just right, looked yeah. over to see if we had a George Pappard. Or Pappard, yeah. I'm glad <laughs> we, we don't. don't no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's,
1: that's, uh, that's interesting.
2: Yeah, that is interesting. That's very interesting. Because I thought they did have such a cool dynamic all together, you know, but you know, maybe not. Maybe I was a kid and I didn't know any better. <laughs> yeah, they did. And,
1: in fact, George, George Papard said many times that they, you know, Tina Carrera was supposed to be on it, but then mm-hmm. she she was taken for a, uh, her time. Was, was She was very busy. She had a few projects in a, in a movie. Um, and then there were a few characters. You remember a few characters that were kind of in the action, like they'd have a reoccurring role of a few female characters. George Papard uh, actually was so uh, mean about it, he forced them to stop having female characters in the action. Who is this yeah, man? How did... <laughs> well, he was—he was a—he was, uh, was a raging alcoholic, and then uh, during the time when he was back in television, he was—he was dry, and maybe that's why he was such a jerk. I don't I'm
0: know. Bad mood.
1: <clears throat> yeah, yeah. So, um, we have nine minutes. What? Okay. <laughs> nine minutes. This is gonna be marathon. Okay. Next one. This was my own, and I completely pulled this out of the blue. Different yes. strokes. Oh. From 1978 to 1986. Um, one of my favorites. Yeah. Yes.
2: And let me just say something really, really quickly. Oh, We, had a, t- we had a tough time, you know. I mean, it, it's almost impossible to pinpoint. Oh, I know. You know. Yeah. I mean, we had a tough time. I mean, I wanted different strokes in, and uh, of course, we were just like Punky you know, Brewster. Punky yeah. Brewster. I'm mean, So many, there were but in. but yeah, let's go ahead and with, with different strokes. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorites.
1: Okay, marathon. I'm going to sound like the micro machine man. Uh, Conran Bain is Philip Drummond. Gary Coleman, obviously, as Arnold Jackson. Todd Bridges as his brother, Willis Jackson. Dana Plato, Kimberly Drummond. And Charlotte Rae as Edna Garrett. There were many, many... Well, not many, many, but I think there were three different housekeepers. She was mm-hmm. the first one. Um, Nedra Vols as uh, Adelaine Br- Brubaker. Uh, Janet Jackson as Charlene Dupre. Yes. Uh, Dottie Goodman <laughs> as Sophia Drummond. Shavar Ross as Dudley. God, I wish we had more time. I do, I know. I wish we had more time. Uh... Lee Tari as Ted Ramsey, Danny Cooksey as Sam McKenney. Ooh. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> Boo. The Oliver <laughs> of different strokes. He was. Um, so basically, Gary Coleman uh, and Todd Bridges starred as Arnold and Willis Jackson, two African-American boys from Harlem, which when uh, I believe their parents died in a car crash, you have to check that. And, yes, um, I believe that So true. he was adopted by a rich white Park Avenue businessman, a widower named Philip Drummond, who had a daughter um the uh, like I said Phil Drummond was played by Conrad Bain his daughter was uh, Kimberly played by Dana Plato who had unfortunately a pretty tragic life mm-hmm. um, and uh, their deceased mother was never really named I don't believe um Charlotte Ray was the Drummonds housekeeper and she had a spin-off called facts, facts, of, life. facts of life there you yeah, go that is a <laughs> fact of life <laughs> yeah. um it was and I'm just gonna go through my notes it was the King, of special episodes—the mm, ones was. where you had yes. lessons and there yes. were some very significant things. Yes. Um Gary Coleman and Todd Bridges and Dana Plato were uh, always involved in very special episodes. Some very mild, and some a little bit more cutting edge: um, racism, illegal drugs, alcoholism, hitchhiking. Mm-hmm. Why not? Hitch- <laughs> Hitch-
0: yeah. there, like,
2: well, there was a. Know. Dudley had a situation
0: yeah. where... Yeah, <laughs> get to that. <laughs> so that's
1: that goes under the category of child sexual abuse. Uh, yes. And um, so they, ironically enough, were plagued with legal troubles, drug addiction. Um, Dana Plato and uh, Gary Coleman had early deaths. Mm-hmm. Right. All um, So they had a lot of special episode. Who was the most famous uh, guest star who had a campaign against drugs? Uh, was that Nancy Reagan? It was. And yeah. what was the campaign? Just say no. You got it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so this is a funny one, and I'm sorry we don't have much time. But, I know. I but, know.
2: I really want to talk about different strokes. I love different strokes. Oh,
1: I love it too. There was an episode on the dangers of hitchhiking. So <laughs> this is great. <laughs> well, not great because it's hit. You know, it's it's, it's kidnapping.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, Kimberly and Arnold. Yes. Due to cold weather and had no money for cab or bus fare were abducted, abducted by a serial killer slash rapist. Um, I don't remember this episode. Oh, gonna, look, it up. Go, go look, look it up. I am going to go look it up. Yeah. So uh, Woody and A and they, was the actor, and, uh, you know, he's supposed to be a good Samaritan. He was supposed to be someone offering them a, a ride. Mm-hmm. I'm getting this from, from, from you know all of my favorite sources, yeah, so yeah, I'm paraphrasing yeah. it. Um, and uh, he said, oh, you know, it's cold out, uh, and the weather's bad. Why don't you come to my apartment? Uh, after, you know, they find out, oh, my gosh, this guy's a killer and a rapist. Um, Arnold gets out and he escapes and he looks for help. And uh, while well, he's gone, Kimberly nearly gets raped. It's crazy. Don't hitchhike. Sounds like, um, it's like sounds the 80s. Like the
0: 80s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very extreme. Yeah. And yeah. at the end,
1: Conrad Bain led the PSA um, saying that, you know, don't hitchhike. You'll get yeah. murdered or raped. Uh, two other episodes I want to talk to you about uh, very briefly is uh, they had uh, one about alcoholism um, because Willis moves. Remember he moves out of the apartment due to mm-hmm. conflicts with his siblings mm-hmm. and with his father, and he ends up uh, living with one of his classmates who's drinking out of a thermos of alcohol in the school bathroom, and then you know it's just bad news, bad news. Um, there was an episode when Sam was kidnapped
0: of the family yeah.
1: <laughs> sam was kidnapped and uh it was a brief father that uh, by Royce D. Applegate is the person that played him um, he was in this this um this this fever of uh regret and and depression because he had lost his son his son had died so he uh, felt that sam was like uh, mm. the, his new son yeah. and yeah. He kidnapped Take him. His place. and yeah. uh i was going to say something about Hey, Sam. <laughs> <Sh-sh-sh-sh-sh-sh-sh>. <laughs> uh, he was a bad character, but Sam. I wouldn't wish that on any character. But it, yeah. You know. um,
2: yeah. So well, I terrible. No. I know you <laughs> <You're> would. <kidding. laughs> no, we're both kind of kidding. kidding. <laughs>
1: I know we're both kidding. Um, so Kimberly suffered from bulimia. Um, they had. Uh, there was an epileptic seizure episode. And Sam became scared of dying. Uh, they, yeah, they began making jokes about seizures, which just led to um, the fact that the second housekeeper, Pearl, had epilepsy. Mm-hmm. Um, Some heavy stuff. Going on yeah, she, there, it's yeah. about taking yeah. medicine yeah. for seizures yeah. and being able to employ people who who are epileptic. Um, Conrad Bain was the only member to be in every episode. The father. Mm. Gary Coleman's parents stole all of his money. By the time he sued them, uh, it was all gone. Yeah. So he ended up having to become a, a security guard later mm-hmm. in life. Um, Sam McKenney's entrance into Maggie Drummond and Sam McKenney's entrance was the son by marriage was considered their jumping the shark moment. Yeah. Many people said, oh I
2: could you guys are that. desperate." Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Janet Jackson was at the early points in her music career, yeah. and he played Willis's girlfriend. Um, Charlene Dupre, and she sang in an episode, but she was very, she thought it was very awkward. Um, there was the Gooch, who was the bully. I don't remember who he, bu- was. he bullied um, Arnold Jackson, and uh, he actually was never seen. But the Gooch's oh. voice was heard over the telephone. It ended up one of the, you know, one of the other friends that they really weren't friends with ended up beating up the Gooch. But the Gooch was pretty much the one that would chase um, chase him around. We'd said Charlotte Ray went to the facts of life. Mm-hmm. And let's let us end this trivia because it's a very tragic series of, of uh, trivia and uh, behind-the-scenes stories. Conrad Bain, do you remember what a great father he was? Yes. He was always yes. very, very calm and yes. very rarely lost his temper and was very kind and loving. His children said that's exactly how he was in real life.
0: Hmm. Oh, see,
2: <laughs> past
1: the Someone kidnapping right. and 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 you know we won't even go into it because it, it's it, it's a a big part of that when Gordon jump from WKRP fam, fame, mm-hmm. um, pretty much gets uh, is trying to sexually molest Arnold and Dudley. Yeah, and the famous scene is where Ar- Arnold takes off and kind of yeah. leaves Dudley there. Wow, and. uh...
2: But yeah, it, yeah, it was a very serious episode. It was. It yeah. was a very serious. I mean, I, I remember that. I remember. It was shocking. Like, yeah, yeah, very shocking. You know, something you may not know about. Uh, now, I cannot confirm this, but we have had a couple of people that have come into our store and told us that that uh, um, Gary Coleman would come to Denver and work at uh, Caboose Hobbies. Yes, um, yes, the yeah. train store. because yeah. mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, he was yeah. actually a train nut. He just would like he co- was yeah, in he'd come here in the summertime and work. You know, and and yeah, he was a he was a huge train buff, but he would hang out and at caboose hobbies and and work there for three or four months a year. Apparently, yeah. a, a super cool guy.
1: Yeah, got yeah. a little fatigued at the end with everybody yeah, wanting yeah. him to do his catchphrase, which yeah. was. What, is what, it? <laughs> what
0: you talking about, Willis? What you talking about? Very good, Dee I like. I like. Well, should see Dee face. What yeah. you talking about, Willis?
2: Well, I even remember one of the things I loved about it was he had the the black goldfish. The you know that was kind of cool. And I think it's Abraham. Was Abraham. The, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Abraham. Yeah, after yeah. Abraham Lincoln. There were some crazy episodes of that I've seen. I've seen. Apparently, some, all yeah. of them were crazy. Yeah, yeah there's yeah, some right. crazy episodes. I remember one where his friends come from Harlem and 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 they put on their best suits and they're like, you know, they. Uh, anyways their friends tell them that they're out of the gang and they can't be in their club ah. anymore because they're too, you know, they've moved too far. into. I remember into, that. Into, one. Yeah. Yeah. There's some fun episodes though, but it was tragic with, uh, Kimberly and Willis. I mean, oh yeah. yeah. I mean, Arnold and, and even Willis had his, his, uh, issues, you know, uh, I think he's, uh, doing pretty well now, but, uh, certainly had his, yes. Uh, Todd Bridges is yeah. the only
1: original cast member still alive. Yeah. Um, Gosh, I've got a bunch of more stuff, but it is 12 o'clock. I know, and crazy. you have a business. Yeah. yeah. Which is called
0: 5280s, <laughs> a totally awesome shop. And where is it? 1874 South Broadway. In Denver, Colorado.
1: Beautiful. I want to ask your phone number. Now. <laughs> uh, so this is my third episode here. Um, I believe that um, it's been some of my favorite episodes, and you know, I believe now we're friends through this <laughs> yes, yes. and uh uh It's been a pleasure. I would say that uh, this is probably the last in a series of episodes we're going to do. Dee Dee Thompson, Tony Vecchio.
2: Thanks for having us. We appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the latest edition of Robot Love. I'd like to thank my executive producer, Eileen Stack, and the official mascot of Robot Love, Alvy the dog. He doesn't know it, though. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Please reach me uh, at... uh, Robot Love Podcast on Instagram. You can find me, Brian Venegas, on uh, uh, Facebook. And where can we find you guys on social media?
0: Facebook, Instagram.
1: And what is your Instagram
2: handle? 52.
0: 52. Spelled out, yeah. So 52 spelled out. 80S.
2: 80s. Okay, great. Yeah, you can find us online. Our website is amazing. If you haven't checked that out, check that out at 80sareawesome.com. 80sareawesome.com.
1: Wonderful site, uh, one of the best sites, and uh, one of the most interactive sites I've ever been to. Once again, folks, I thank you for your time. This is Brian Mateo Venegas. We are two minutes over, but no one is at the door yet, which is surprising to me. Oh, Oh, someone's at the door. (laughs) All right, Brian Mateo Venegas signing off. Thanks again, and join me on the next episode of Robot Love. Thanks, guys. Thank Thank you. you. God, that went by so quick. I know.
0: For listening to Robot Love Podcast, remember to check out Brian's comic Rotoro at rotorocomic.com. This episode of Robot Love is brought to you by Bradford Design Group, bold, timeless interior design that frames life beautifully. For the latest news and updates, visit Bradford Design Group on Instagram using the handle at bradford.design.group.